Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick, on Twitter, Gratitude underscore Chick, and on TikTok, Babes Who Manifest. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. In today's episode, we are talking about the revision technique. Now, what is the revision technique? It is a technique um, I want to say started by Neville Goddard. I do have a clip that I'm going to play in a in a, in a couple minutes, um, just so that he can explain what he calls the revision technique. So I haven't heard that it was started by anyone before him. I've only heard that it was started by him. So I'm going to say um, it was started by Neville Goddard, or at least the clip that I'm going to play in his description is by him. How about that? And basically the premise is going back into your mind and finding events that have happened to you that caused you negative feelings and going back and rewriting that and then meditating on that over and over until the new event takes over the old event. That's kind of the purpose of the revision technique. Now, why do we do that? Because a lot of things that have happened to us in the past have caused us trauma. And that trauma, although in the past, is affecting our present it affects how we believe. A lot of um, reasons why so many people have broke mindsets and are really poor are simply because of the things that they were taught as children that played over and over um, in their parents' voices that became their assumption and belief. Um, One of the ones that I know for certain is money um, doesn't grow on trees. I know a lot of people um, in my culture, their parents have said that to them. So that is one thing that you can go back and change. Instead of hearing your mother or your father say money doesn't grow on trees, you can change that into them saying, we have plenty of money to do whatever we want in life. And it is just something that you can play over and over and over in your mind and your parents' voice so that it turns you know it turns into a new assumption for you so that when you go back in your mind you hear them say we have plenty of money to do whatever we want in life like for instance my my niece is is 13 she's she doesn't we've never said that to her I have never said that to her her mother's never said that to her and neither has her father we have never said to her uh, money doesn't grow on trees she walks around like she's rich Like, literally, she does. Because we've never given her anything at all to cling to that money is hard to get at all. She she believes that no matter if you're working or if you're not, money flows. She I I teach her about manifesting what she wants. For instance, um, what was it? Was it last year? Maybe it was last year. She had an iPhone. No, no, no. It was when she was 11. She had an iPhone. She she didn't have any phone. 
and she was using my one of my old iPhones, you know, on Wi-Fi. And she said, I'm going to manifest me a, an iPhone um, 8 or an iPhone 10. I don't know. I think I want a, an iPhone 8. And she just, all she did was talk about her getting this iPhone 8, iPhone 8. And <clears throat> unbeknownst to, to her mom, her father bought her an iPhone 8 for Christmas. So the same happened last year. She wanted an iPhone 12. And I bought her the iPhone 12. Her mom didn't know. And she was, they were actually in Chicago because my stepfather had passed and they were there. So she didn't know she was getting it. And she just kept talking about her getting this iPhone 12. And for Christmas, she got an iPhone 12. Well, this year she asked for an iPad, uh, uh, one of the new generation iPads. And um, her mom told her she could not get it. It was a no, firm no. So she asked me and I told her no. But I, I already got it. She just doesn't know. <laughs> so um, last night we had put the tree up. And last night she, she, she saw a package under the tree. She said, Auntie, this looks like an iPad. I said, Zoe, that is too small for an iPad. She was like, yeah, you're right. And it's, it's addressed to mommy. She said, but don't you worry about it. I'm going to get that iPad, Auntie. Manifestation. And you know what? I laughed with her so hard because what she doesn't know is the iPad is already wrapped and sitting in her mother's room. But we know that she likes to shake the the uh, boxes. So it's going to sit there to Christmas Eve. And she just, this is how she lives her life. And she's 13. So what I want us all to do is listen in to Neville Goddard and how he explains the revision technique. And then I'm going to follow up with some steps that we can do to do it ourselves. And then let's go from there. Hold tight. We must go back in memory. Seek for and destroy the causes of evil however far back they lie. This going into the past and replaying a scene of the past in imagination as it ought to have been played the first time, I call revision. And revision results in repeal. Changing our lives means changing the past. The causes of the present evil are the unrevised scenes of the past. The past and the present form the whole structure of man. It is carrying all of its contents with it. Any alteration of content will result in an alteration in the present and future. Live nobly so that mind can store a past well worthy of recall. Should you fail to do so, remember, the first act of correction or cure is always revise. If the past is recreated into the present, so will the revised past be recreated into the present. Or else, the promise that though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, is a lie. The question may arise as to how by representing others to ourselves as better than they really were, or mentally rewriting a letter to make it conform to our wish, or by revising the scene of an accident, the interview with the employer, and so on, could change what seems to be the unalterable facts of the past. But remember my claims for imagining. 
Imagining creates reality. What it makes, it can unmake. It is not only conservative, building a life from images supplied by memory. It is also creatively transformative, altering a theme already in being. The parable of the unjust steward gives the answer to this question. We can alter our world by means of a certain illegal practice, by means of a falsification of the facts, that is, by means of a certain intentional alteration of that which we have experienced. And all this is done in one's own imagination. This is a form of falsehood which not only is not condemned, but is actually approved in the gospel teaching. By means of such a falsehood, a man destroys the causes of evil and acquires friends. And on the strength of this revision, proves, judging by the high praise, the unjust steward received from his master, that he is deserving of confidence. Because imagining creates reality, we can carry revision to the extreme and revise a scene that would be otherwise unforgivable. We learn to distinguish between man, who is all imagination, from those states into which he may enter. An unjust steward, looking at another's distress, will represent the other to himself, as he ought to be seen. Were he himself in need, he would, like the man on the cover of this record, enter his dream house in his imagination and imagine what he would see and how things would seem and how people would act after these things should be. Then in this state, he would fall asleep, feeling the way he would expect to feel under such circumstances. Would that all the Lord's people were unjust stewards, mentally falsifying the facts of life to deliver individuals forevermore. For the imaginal change goes forward until at length the altered pattern is realized on the heights of attainment. Our future is our imaginal activity in its creative march. Imagine better than the best you know. So now after listening to Neville's um, explanation of what he calls the revision technique, I am going to give you a couple steps that I think, you know, will help in achieving success with this technique. Number one, review an event that didn't go the way you wanted. Now, I know many of us have um, something in our past that did not go the way that we wanted. Um, if you got laid off from your job, if you got fired from your job, if you got, I don't know, written up, if you got, if you uh, lost your home, if you were evicted, anything negative in the past that kind of stands out, now is your chance to rewrite that event so that it can go the way you wanted it to go. You know, if you have a bad relationship with a previous manager at a job that you loved and you felt like you were forced to quit or you had to sue or whatever it is, and especially if it caused you any kind of angst, you want to sit down and rewrite it to be what it was that you wanted. Leave your job on your own terms. You know, that kind of thing. Step two. 
rewrite and revise the event the way you wish it would have gone. So whatever event, and, and I feel like you can do this for every single instance, what, however many you want. This is, is, isn't just limited to one thing, just pick one thing. However many things that stand out, do this for each and every one if you want. It doesn't have to just be that one thing. So rewrite and revise the event the way you wish it would have gone. If you were laid off or fired from a job that you loved, go back and rewrite that to, you know, you quitting that job because you got a, something better that pays more, that's actually more exciting and more, uh, I don't know, more whatever for you. Something more that you didn't even know that you wanted. Rewrite it for that purpose. Step three. Get in a relaxed state, relive the revised event in your imagination over and over until it feels like it really happened. So take whatever you've written, live it over and over in your imagination in this relaxed state, kind of like a meditation. You can get in the the relaxed state by always, you know, starting with deep breathing. Um, Just take some deep breaths and Relax your body, relax your mind, tell yourself to relax, get in that relaxed state, whether you're in a chair or sitting up in your bed, somewhere that's comfortable for your body, relax and go over and over and over in your mind, this new revised version of what happened. And I would suggest do it, doing it before sleep so that step number four, you can fall asleep repeating the scene uh, over and over. There are no hard and fast rules as to how long you have to do this, but I think recreating the scene that really kind of did something to your psyche or did something to you as far as your self-esteem is concerned is worth redoing over and over. For instance, if you, um, say, say for me, when I was at a job that I... I don't want to say that I love the job. I liked what I did. But the job itself, I... uh, I I hate when I can't articulate what I'm saying. It's, to me, there are two different aspects. There is the actual job function that I love to do and the actual job itself that I did not like. For instance, um, I worked as a manager in the risk department for a fintech company, and I actually liked uh, reviewing accounts and catching fraud and you know making decisions on risk um, to the company or to the merchants or you know that kind of thing. I actually liked you know setting up rules for the risk system and you know going over fraud that that was missed and finding new techniques to catch fraud and you know catch fraudsters in the act and shutting down accounts like these are things that I liked to do the actual processes I liked but the actual my job function by the time I was laid off I did not like I did not like managing people. I did not like 
Ugh, I did not like managing people. I am not the best people person. So it takes, uh, to me, just like being a teacher, it takes, well, not just like being a teacher. To me, being a teacher is a calling. But with being a teacher, you have to adapt to the many, you know, different characters that you're teaching. And that's the same thing as being a manager. You have to adapt. That's why so many people in corporate America hate it because their managers are trash. And for me, my goal was not to be a trash manager. I also, I did love, you know, creating new managers, new leaders. I liked that. That was something that I was good at. What I didn't like was I am a very meticulous person so it is it was hard for me to deal with the outliers the personalities that are outliers those were big challenges for me the person who wanted the paycheck but didn't want to do the job the person who was here and felt that you had to recognize him for who he was. If not, he's going to call HR every two seconds. Those kind of outlier personalities are not for me. So while the majority of my team were normal people who, you know, had normal lives and, you know, things that happened and I understood those things, it was the outliers that I just that made my job horrible. And I had two on my team that I knew either that I was really, and I, I am, I'm a very direct person. So it was me biting my tongue all day because as a manager in corporate America nowadays, it's the, it's the employee that has the power, not the manager. So, and, and I, while I don't have an issue with that, it makes it harder for me to do my job when you cannot, the task of um, coaching and reprimanding is taken away from you because these people are now empowered to kind of usurp your authority. So if you went to write this person up, it was an HR issue. If you coached this person, it was an HR issue. Like it be, just became too stressful. And that part of my job is not for me. It just wasn't for me. And the fact that we were dealing, dealing with so many millions of dollars a day, it just was, it became too much. Because my job is to oversee the analysts and supervisors overseeing the money and it became more about overseeing personalities rather than what it be you know what I'm supposed to be doing so because as a result of that I no longer liked my job so I in my mind like like I like I always say before you know, in the past before what you believe to be true is true for you. So if I started believing that I hated my job and I wanted to leave, the fact that I got laid off was a natural occurrence because that is what I manifested the entire year of 2019. I manifested that. The The good thing about it is that it came with 
a, a financial, you know, windfall as far as, you know, I was paid, um, I, I was laid off in October of 2019, but I still got regular paychecks until December. And then after that, I got my, um, severance package, which lasted me through 2020. So I feel that, I feel that as a result of the things that I thought is the reason why I was laid off, but it also became something good for me because I no longer loved that job. I no longer loved it. It had gone through too many mergers and now it was just way too big. And once you become one of a hundred thousand people in the company, you're, you're no longer anybody, right? Instead of one of 5,000, which we started off. And I think 5,000 may be too much when I first started, but it was a very small number under 10,000. So one of those and ended up ballooning after all the mergers into one of a hundred thousand. And now I'm sitting here working as a manager in the risk department to one of the largest fintech companies in the world. And I hated it. So my goal is to go back and rewrite that leaving on my own terms because it still puts sourness in my mouth not being laid off but the circumstances surrounding it with people that I thought um that I had had made close bonds with for the past though the seven and a half years that I worked there And then, you know, I have other situations. Even when I bought my house, my realtor was what I thought was my friend. But I felt that he made promises to me that he did not fulfill. And then he just kind of fell out of existence, leaving me to have to pay for the things that he was supposed to pay for. And he urged me to buy this house knowing, um, you know, because he said he'd do this and do that. And he didn't do anything. And it put a sour taste in my mouth because I felt like I got God. Even though I love my house now, I love it now because I've already paid for the things that he didn't do. And then some, you know, within the first six months of having this house, I had to replace the water heater. I had to buy a new HVAC system. So it was a lot of things that I had to do within the first six months, having trusted him to provide me with the person to come. I forgot, what is it, the appraiser or... I forgot the name of the job of the person who has to come through to make sure everything's okay, which that person lied. He came through, looked at the HVAC system and said it was okay when it was not. (laughs) So it was, it's so many things that happened, you know, with this house that I love my house now, but within that first six months, I was so angry with him because I felt like he got me. And I'm, I'm like, I, but I was your friend. Like I was his manager at my job. I, we, we've been together for seven and a half years. We came in right behind each other. And out of everybody at that company, we were the closest. We called each other brother and sister. So for it to happen like that with this house, I don't, I don't speak to him. I haven't spoken to him in, two, in over two years. Just simply because of what happened with the sale of this house. So there are things that I know that I have to go back and rewrite. Because those things still leave a sour taste in my mouth. 
And there are things in, in the past, in your past, in my past, that also cause you know, you to have low self-esteem as you've gotten older, cause you to second guess yourself, cause you to be in a situation right now where you do not believe enough to manifest what you want. So this technique is to help you go back and rewrite those stories so that now you can look back and say, yeah, this worked out for me. This worked out for me because you were playing it over and over and over and over again. And now that old situation, that old event has become a new event in your life, a new event in your memory. And so now you've rewritten that story. So when you look back, you can say, this happened, this happened, this happened. So this can happen. So I hope that, you know, you guys get something out of this technique. I thought it was fascinating. And like I said, I have two large ones right now that I am going to go back and rewrite because even though I no longer speak to to the realtor that was my friend, I also don't want to harbor anything lingering against him. I want when I say I wish you well in life, I want to be 100% sure that I wish him well in life. So those are things that I'm going to go back and kind of fix and kind of take my my bad feelings out of it. The same way with my job. Now, I, I am grateful to be away from there because like I said, 2019 was so stressful, especially after having a, his, a full hysterectomy, having to heal from that at a, in a very stressful situation was very tough on my body. So the only thing I really need to go back to is the my manager's manager, him. That guy is one of those people that you say in your mind, if I see him again in life, I just want to punch him in his face. And I don't feel like I should have those feelings two years later. But I still feel that way, that if I see him walking around Atlanta, I really would stop and get out the car and go into his face. That is how I feel. And I just think because he is such a horrible, deplorable human being and the way that he did, I I do not wish him well in life. And because of that, I have to rewrite it. I am one of those people, I take accountability for how I feel. And I am not going to push away how I feel just because it does not sound appeasing to someone who calls themselves the gratitude chick. I am not perfect. There are thoughts and feelings that I have that do not coincide with me being the gratitude chick. And that is why I work on myself every single day. And that is one thing that I have to work on because I don't think it is appropriate for me to want to see this man and get in his face. It's not appropriate. Because at the end of the day, it is a business decision. And while it is a business decision, I do feel that it was personal for him because he never liked me. And I I just, I really, (laughs) so that is why, that is why I need to do this, especially for him. So anyway, (coughs) excuse me, I hope that you guys have gotten something out of this, um, out of this episode and that it wasn't too negative because I do feel like I went there and told you guys a lot about, you know, why I need to do this technique, right? Um, but it wasn't supposed to be negative. It was literally just giving you an example of what, it, why I am definitely going to do it. 
So I hope that you guys um, add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. No matter what you just heard me say, gratitude is definitely something to add to your life, to enhance it, to lift your vibration, and to just bring more things into your life for you to be grateful for. So I hope that you add it as a daily practice. You guys have an amazingly blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow us on our new YouTube page at The Gratitude Chick. Make sure to click in our description box for a good deal on starting your own dropshipping business with Shopify. Shopify.